0: This Bible Study Podcast is a presentation of Sunset Presbyterian Church. For more information, log on to our website at www.sunsetpres.org. Good morning. Can you hear me? Maybe? You can hear me? Okay. Well, it's good to be back. It's, um, I've been sick with a horrible sinus infection for a couple weeks and now I'm on steroids. I'm coming down off of them, but I'm a little like antsy and agitated. And I felt sorry for the other drivers as I was coming to church this morning. <laughs> it's like, don't get in my way. Don't cut me off. It's not a good day. But I managed not to do anything or lift my middle finger any inappropriately. <clears throat> so this morning I have a few announcements for you. I don't know if you noticed there's a we, as Kim said last week, there's a, we have the shopping cart back there, and we'll have that there each week. And what we're going to do is just ongoing support of Food and Toy, or not Food and Toy, Helping Hands Ministry, which is our local on site outreach to local families that need assistance, and they come here and shop in a food pantry. So we're collecting soups, cans of soups for them. These of soups will also be given to the backpack program, which is for kids who take their, take a backpack full, full of food home each Friday to provide food for them over the weekend so our church um, supports that as well, and then we 're collecting socks so we 're just calling this our our soup our SOS program, and that cart will be here every week, so just as you 're in the grocery store and you see a can of soup or a pair of socks, just bring them in, and we will get those. To those ministries, the socks actually go downtown to a ministry called Night Strike, which Sunset partners with, and are given to the homeless. So it's an awesome, awesome opportunity for us. Just an ongoing way. Um, today we will have the hot topic discussion upstairs after Bible study. Uh, this small groups, if you could just kind of close out for the ladies that want to come, close out your groups at eleven thirty. And then we'll be gathering in there between 11.30 and 11.45. And Barb will start promptly at 11.45 with her actual lecture part. And she said, just please be there on time because it's going to be a lot of information, um, abbreviated, a lot of great information. She's, she's um, what do you call that? My, my little um, prednisone mind camping today. <laughs> Condensed. <laughs> She's condensed a huge class into a small amount. It's a good thing I'm not teaching today. We would get nowhere. I was trying to do my lesson yesterday, and I swear I read the same sentence like 20 times, and I'm like, well, I must just need to read that verse because that's all I got. Um, If you're new this morning, please come up and introduce yourself to any of us on the leadership team. Also, I wanted to point out, you guys, if you have any questions... In your front of your study, under the schedule, it says email questions, and we have a web address. It's womensbible at sunsetprez.org, and that's just even comments, encouragement, or feedback, ways we can improve. We want to hear all your ideas, and we're open to that, and so please use that email address to contact us, and that will go to the whole leadership team for Women's Bible Study. Or if you want it just to go to one of us, just put one of our names, if you want to Talk to Patsy or myself or Kim or Alyssa. Um, it's right at the bottom of your schedule, and it's women's Bible at sunsetprez.org. Thank you. I'm glad you asked, because that's a great question. We want you to know that we're available. And we can set up times to meet with you, too, if you want to have a cup of coffee or a phone conversation or whatever that looks like. Um, Another announcement I have is next week is Valentine's Day, and for many of you, I don't know if you know, but we partner with schools here at Sunset, and one of our partner schools is William Walker, who we love, which is right down the street. And so next week, their principal asked if we would be willing to show support of their teachers and love on them for Valentine's Day by bringing in treats, either sweet or savory. And so we thought you could bring them in, put them on that table back there, and what carol long will do is she will go deliver those after we gather them next tuesday and she'll take them over to william walker and they'll take them into the faculty room and hand those out to the teachers and it's just a way of saying sunset loves you loves what you're doing we're here for you we support you and it could be anything like brownies snack mix fruit trays cheese tray whatever creative ideas you have so if you wouldn't mind doing that that would be great i think that's everything let me pray Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for being back for myself. It feels like it's been a while, Lord. And um, I thank you for these ladies. I thank you for this message. I thank you for Paul's heart, for this church community, Lord, and that he is determined to speak truth to them, to bring out the best, to cause them to um, follow you and to not be divided, but be united in you and to focus on you. I pray for each of our hearts, Lord, as we live in a very divided political climate. We are living in a time, if we attend this church, that seems um, a bit discouraging. And I just pray, Lord, that we keep our focus on you, Lord, and we stay united, We speak honestly to each other with love and grace. And remember that we are brothers and sisters in Christ. So I pray now that you would bless Patsy's message. I pray that you would open our hearts. I pray for your spirit to move, for your glory, for your kingdom. And may we live this out, Lord, not just here in our small groups, but in our daily lives as we go out into the world and we show this world what, Christian, what Christianity really is, Father. In your name, amen.
1: Good morning. Can you hear me okay? With this thing, so excited. Just another further note on the email if that you want to send to us and, and feel called to. If any critique comes, it just automatically goes to our spam folder. So... If you got courage, Matt, and love, bring it, share it with us, with the rest, and we don't check that spam folder on a regular basis. So, anyway, yes, we want to be in communication with you, but we, um, uh, just teasing. Um, yeah, we are in partnership together. Um, and so please, if there is something that, um, you want us to know or, uh, to spend time with us, we are not the answer, ladies, by any mean, shape, or form. We are you and we just get the privilege to stand up here and share with you, and so uh, love to get to know you more personally. You have a little bit of an advantage. You know me a little bit more than I know each of you because I share a part of my story on Tuesday mornings, and so I would always love to spend more time with you and um, hear your story and who you are um, in our Savior. So 2 Corinthians 3. Wow, wow. And wow, packed. Um, as my sweet partner, uh, Lindsay, called yesterday to say she was praying for me and, and hoping the talk was going well. And my heart sank to the bottom because I realized I thought she was speaking this morning. Um, uh, I realized with the whole snow schedule and whatnot that in my head, I was going to sit and just listen to her heart and share, and I'm like, wow. So I go, okay, Lord, giddy up, here we go. So again, even the last time I spoke to you, p- p- please give me grace in this, but um, Lord and I met at 5.30 instead of 6, thought I needed an extra half hour, but um, he's so good. He's so good to me, and, um, and so we had a sweet time. Um, So what he shared with me uh, is very applicable to my heart and where I'm at, and I want to share it with you this morning. So as we look at 2 Corinthians 3, 1 through 3, it says, are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need, like some people, letters of recommendations to you or from you? You yourselves are our letter, written in our hearts, known and read. By everybody, I think it probably could have just hung in those first few verses most of the time this morning. Powerful words of encouragement and conviction from Paul. In 1 Corinthians at the beginning of chapter 9, Paul asked the Corinthians, Am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Are you not the result of my work in the Lord? Even though I may not be an apostle to others, surely I am to you. For you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. Once again, Paul reminds the Corinthians, he met with the Lord, he walked with the Lord, he talked with the Lord, he was transformed by the Lord. It is recorded in Acts 9 3 through 18 where Paul actually saw and talked with that resurrected Christ, with our Christ, with our Lord. Such credentials surely would be persu- persuasive. Changed lives were the evidence that God was using Paul. Do you see changed lives in the circle of influence that you have, ladies? Throughout these verse verses, Paul is reminding the people once again of who he is, and just as important, who they are, and most importantly, who Christ is. And we need to be reminded again and again and again. And Paul does this because he loves the church in Corinth. Sometimes it does not take much to take our eyes off of Jesus Maybe it's that prickly pear in your life that either hurts you by their words or doesn't meet your expectations or fill in the blank. Sometimes it is change. We as a church body here at Sunset are in a place of change. Dr. J said on Sunday, each of us face change differently. These are my words. I couldn't exactly remember his words. Some with anger. Some with grief, and yet some with expectation. What's next, Lord? There's only one constant in our lives as believers, and that is Jesus. The same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Everything separate from that place in the sameness or routine or the same speaker up front can affect our view of the day, of the week. And when that foundation of sameness becomes what we stand on, then we can be blown by the wind to and fro, as it says in Ephesians. And we can be subject to every teaching by the cunning and craftiness of people, because there are Paul was reminding the Corinthians once again who he was, who they were, and who Christ is. If anything, uh, this morning and as you study and go in, is to be reminded again of those three things. Does your and my faith impact others? You and I, ladies, each of you sitting in this room, can be life changers. We can help others to see Christ. What an awesome privilege it is. But first, they've got to see Christ in us. What more could validate our positions as God's child if not what Paul is telling the Corinthians and us? The Corinthians themselves were the living living letters, the living letters of who Paul said he was by their faith. And everyone could see. Paul loved this church. We love our church. Why does someone love a church? Why do you love yours? When Paul and Acts 18, 7 through 8, left the synagogue, because at that point this was the parting of the ways that Paul had was speaking to the Jewish people, and because of their stubbornness, and hanging very tightly to the wall, they were beginning to not be able to hear or see what Paul was saying. And so he was going to the Gentiles. But before he did, there were Jewish worshipers that came to know and see Christ, as Paul shared with them. Crispus, love that name, I'd call him Crispy, but I don't think he'd take it. The synagogue ruler and his entire household believed in the Lord. And many of the Corinthians who heard him believed and were baptized. The Corinthians were seeing it happen. They were seeing Christ touched, and yet they were becoming a bit dull and complacent and forgotten. In Exodus 31, 18, when the Lord finished speaking to Moses on Mount Sinai, he gave him two tablets of the testimony, the tablets of stone inscribed by the finger of God. Just take a moment to be able to really even picture of what that would be. Because Paul throughout on 2 Corinthians 3 is going to compare that. Was it good what God inscribed? Yes. But it was external. And it couldn't save us. But to think that he wrote, inscribed it with his finger, and Moses was in the presence of that. He was in the presence of the glory who God was. I can't imagine. In Exodus 32, 15 through 16, then Moses is, comes down the mountain with the two tablets of the testimony in his hands. They were inscribed on both sides, front and back. The tablets were the work of God. Their tablets were not the work of Moses. That's who works in us. The tablets were the work of God, the writing of God, engraved on the tablets. To remember who and what we are. In Ezekiel 36, 27 through 27, this was the beginning of showing what is to happen yet in the new covenant. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Here's where Jenny Allen, the Bible study author, hits us between the eyes, or maybe more centrally located right between our breastbones, our heart. If the Corinthians were Paul's letter of recommendation, to whom is your letter of recommendation? What mentors and leaders in the faith have poured into your life? Making you their letter of recommendation. I've had many men and women come alongside me and pour into me the one the most that's made the impact is Jim. This Sunday, as we were listening to Dr. J, before he started actually and we're singing, and my daughter and my son-in-law are sitting next to me, Usually, I'm there first, and I sit in this certain pos- spot because I like sameness, and God forbid, I would go to the right of the sanctuary, but I stay right on my left, but I don't sit in the spot that's up higher because that's where Jim and I sit. I didn't consciously make this choice. I subconsciously made it, and so I have a comfort level there. Well, they got they arrived before I did, and they were sitting in the very row that Jim and I sat those last few Sundays before he couldn't come to church anymore. I took a deep breath, and I sat down, and the end seat was empty. And as we're worshiping, and as we're singing songs, and I'm, ra- I'm leaving things behind, and really coming in the presence of the Lord, I felt an overwhelming sense of Jim sitting beside me. This is the first for church. And I caught my breath, and tears came for a bit. And I go, wow, this is, this is the first. First time, Lord, that I, I sense him there. And then as Dr. J spoke, he talked about the change and where we're facing. And the words that only came to me that, from Jim being there was, you need to fight. Patsy, you need to fight for this church. And so I go, okay, okay, we need to fight. I wasn't going to mention anything to my daughter because it was kind of an intimate moment. And I don't have these type of moments very often, so they're very special and they're very private. But we got out of church and she looked back at me and she goes, I sensed dad there this morning. And I looked at her, and I said, what? And she goes, he was there. I could sense him. So it was more confirmation to me, because he was a mentor to me in many ways in my walk with the Lord. And I do want to be a letter of recommendation for how you poured into me. Second Corinthians 3, 4, and 6 says, Such confidence as this is ours through Christ before God. Not that we are competent in ourselves, to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. I work in a ministry of young life, and um, I work with young uh, men and women that most could be my children, and um, I love them. I love their hearts for the Lord. But one of the training tools we use is called Back to the Basics Inventory. It's a quality assessment tool intended to help our young life teams identify and measure the key characteristics of a fruitful and excellent ministry. While individual team members may learn things about his or her personal ministry, that will be helpful in ministry growth, the primary purpose of this tool is to evaluate the team as a whole so they can set goals for further development. It's seven pages long. I love it, but it's pretty legalistic. And what it did for the area directors and what it did for the team leaders, it, it was so burdensome that it began to take the joy out of the ministry of what they do. So I have to handle it carefully in how I share with them and teach them and train them of what it's to look like to have a healthy ministry and not condemn them at the same time if they don't measure up. The gospel of legalism was very alive and well when um, Paul was talking to the Corinthians. It's our human nature. We seem to enjoy achieving religious goals. Instead of simply trusting Christ and following the Holy Spirit to work, because that is hard more hard to measure because that's in here. But the external part we can measure. It is much easier to measure religion than true righteousness. Paul was quick to give the glory to God and not to himself. His confidence, trust was in God, not himself as it should be and could be, can be in a place that it is for us to also be, to trust in him. It is not about us. That's how I stand in front of you this morning when I only knew about 10 o'clock yesterday morning. It's like, Lord, I trust you're going to show up. Use me and help me to get out of the way. But I trust you that you will show. His sufficiency, Paul's sufficiency came from God. Mine does, too. But ladies, let me tell you, I trip on my self-sufficiency all the time. I don't have this well-wired. I struggle with it. I have to come before him and say, Lord, did it again. I did it again. I ran ahead of you. Paul was a brilliant and well-educated man, yet he did not depend on his own adequacy. He depended on the Lord. The people of the Corinthian church were the letters. Their souls were their recommendation. They were the witness of Paul's work and his words. Their hearts, the actual heartbeats that pumped inside of them was evidence that a spirit had moved in and take residence. It was an intimate act, and it's something that we can't see, we do not see, we do not have that ability as humans looking to another human. We can see the actions, but we can't see the heart. Only God can see that, and that's where he works best. And the new covenant is such an intimate connection that we have with the Lord. We don't have to go to the mountain. He's here right now, right here. And our life is living, it's moving, it's acting. It's not just a life, but it acts. And in this, it will require us to build relationships, to take the risk, and it's risky to love, and it's risky to be loved. It requires, requires vulnerability. It requires a lot of energy in an extreme amount of time. I wish sometimes I could not care I, that I would not care. I would think it would be so much easier if I didn't care as much. There's a play that young life. Um, it's called Broken Heart, in which a young girl. Um, you watch the ch- the progression of the play of her heart becomes harder and harder because of, her parents get divorced. She has a sexual relationship with her boyfriend, poor choices. And as the, if we show the heart as a orange, and then they put aluminum foil on it. And as each hard thing happens, they drive a stake into it to show the condition of the heart. But at the end, when she sees and understands and for the first time sees Christ... The, the, the spikes come out, the aluminum foil comes off, and our heart is whole. Our hearts become, can become hard as stone when we don't want to get hurt, because the love is to get hurt. I promise you that. It'll happen. Our competency as ministers of the gospel does not rest on our abilities, our skill sets, our brilliance, my humor. It will not. When a person measures her worth, and we've talked about this many times right here in this room, measures her worth by what people say about her instead of what God knows about her, we will trip and fall. We love to be encouraged by others, but that is, cannot be the force behind why we do what we do. It is. God knows us intimately and knows who we are. The law is an external thing, and you and I need an internal power in the lives of our life is to be transformed. The ministry of grace, and this is this new covenant that Paul is talking about, changes the heart. The Spirit of God uses the Word of God and writes it on our hearts. There was a recent video clip that was going through Facebook the other day of a Christian church or of a Chinese church that received Bibles for the first time. And and as they pulled them and they rushed and they pulled them out of this suitcase and they sobbed and held, I would hope that we could come to the Word of God, that as well. And yet in most American households, we own two, three, four, five Bibles different translations, and that some even look really pretty on our coffee tables. Can we be as excited about the word as these Chinese believers are? She goes on to say in 2 Corinthians 3, 6 and 11, not she, Paul, and the Bible, but as she leads us to this, he has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter kills, but, he, but the Spirit gives life. Now, if the ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters on stone, came with glory so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the faith of, face of Moses because of his glory, fading though it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit even be given more glorious If the ministry that condemns men is glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? For what was glorious has no glory now in comparison with the surpassing glory. And if what was fading away came with glory, how much greater is the glory that which lasts? This paragraph is the heart of the chapter. One of the glaring differences between the two ministries is that while the old covenant revealed us our sin, the ministry of the new covenant brings us a remedy for it. In Galatians three nineteen through 26, it says, What then was the purpose of the law? It was added because of the transgressions until the seed to whom the promise referred had come. The law was put into effect through angels by a mediator. A mediator, however, does not represent just one party, but God is one. Is the law, therefore, opposed to the promises of God? Absolutely not. For if a law had been given that could impart life, then righteousness would certainly have come by the law. But the scripture declares that the whole world is a prisoner of sin, so that what was promised, being given through faith in Jesus Christ, might be given to those who believe. Before this faith came, we were held prisoners by the law. Just like I can hold the young men and women to this wonderful back-to-the-basics inventory, I can hold them prisoners. Locked up until faith should be revealed. So the law was put in charge to lead us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. Now that faith has come, we are no longer under the supervision of the law. A legalistic ministry brings death. It kills. Constantly measuring ourselves with others will make us depend on our flesh and not in the power of the Spirit. In Exodus 34, 28-35, Paul did not deny the glory of the covenant law. Hear this. He, de- he did not. He did not deny the covenant law. What he affirmed was the glory of the new covenant of grace. And he said it was far superior. When Moses descended from the mountain after conversing with God, his face shone with the glory of God. This was part of the glory and the giving of the law. And it certainly impressed the people. Paul then argued from the lesser to the greater, if there was glory in the giving of the law that brought death, how much more glory is there in a ministry that gives life? The new covenant glory means righteousness, not condemnation. This is in 3rd chapter 9 and 10. The law was not given for the purpose of salvation, for there is no salvation through obedience of the law. Key. It's key. The person who tries to live under the law will find herself feeling more and more guilty. And this can produce a feeling of hopelessness and rejection. It is when we trust Christ and live by faith in God's grace that we experience acceptance and joy. And joy is a big thing, ladies. The new covenant is permanent, not temporary. As you saw, as Moses came down and it would eventually fade, it was temporary. But this is everlasting. This stays. This is a sameness that you want your feet firmly planted on. Paul was pointed out that the ministry of grace grace is eternal. It brings life and it involves increased glory. In Romans 8, 3, it says, For what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh. Again, who's in control? Who's doing it? It's not us. It's not us following the laws. God. We have to understand how hopeless our situation is without Christ. What Paul is talking about here isn't a mere theology for us to study, even though it's, it's so incredible to spend time in it. It's ministry for us to do, not to study it at a distance, but to be seeped in it, that it comes out and people see something different and they see Christ and you. They might not be able to put a name on it, but they see something different about you. Moses' ministry was good law, but it was powerless to change the conditions of our hearts. The new ministry brings righteousness and life. She said, We are not grumpy Jesus servants, lowering the boom on everyone who doesn't measure up to the righteous standard. And yet we can fall into that very easily. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Romans three twenty three 23 24. You and I are no longer slaves. We are not slaves, but yet we will put that on ourselves and others. We're no longer slaves to lust, jealousy, pride. Jesus offers us the power. You each have that inside of you to change with the new covenant. Hint, all things new. The title of our study, all things new, ladies. Not just about rules and requirements, rather offering the Holy Spirit that enables us to love and obey God. Do you see the difference? Who's in charge? Who transforms? Who makes things new? Who gives the power? Who frees us from shame and failure? Who? The law was temporary, though good, albeit unable to fix the human condition of the heart. Remember this. Remember. The new ministry doesn't really show us what we need to do to become right with God. It makes us righteous. It makes us right with him. Right with God. Not just how, but we are right with him because of his son dying for us. We are already right with him. What does this veil over a person's heart reveal? You and I can have a spiritual veil over our minds and our hearts. The Jewish nation still today trip over their religion. They're blinded. And we can have our blind spots as well. Moses climbed that mountain, remember I said in the beginning, to meet with God. We don't have to climb any mountain to have communion with him. As we look into God's word and see God's son, the spirit transforms the very image of God into the very image of God. It's important, however, this is a hard one, that we hide nothing from God, as if we could. But we think we can. He sees our heart and he knows our heart more than we actually do, but we think we can hide. And that's where we stumble. We must be open and honest with him to not wear a veil ourselves. Moses reflected the glory of God, but you and I may radiate the glory of God. We may... We meditate on God's Word and we see God's Son, and the Spirit transforms us. We become more like Lord Jesus as we grow. This is a progression, this is not a one step process. It cannot be achieved by keeping the rules. I'm a traditionalist. I like things doing the same. Our family has just the best way of doing holidays and Christmas. But as a mother with four son-in-laws, I have learned that they too have that. And so I graciously, no, not, not graciously, acquiesced to introducing new traditions, but It's good. It's good. Change is good. This wonderful process um, is a growing time for me and our family. And we are a family. And it can be hard and it can be painful. But it is good. The glory of the law faded away on Moses' face. But the glory of God of grace continues to increase our lives. It does not fade away. But we can hide our light under a bushel. It's a song that we sing as a child. We can. We cho- When we choose not to be bold. Paul was contrasting not only the old covenant with the new, but also the old covenant ministry with the ministry of grace. Grace. We didn't deserve it, but we were given it. The old covenant obedience to an external standard cannot change the human character. We can dress it up. We can make it look pretty. We can say the right words. But our true character will still shine through. New covenant is the likeness to Christ. Law, the law can bring us to Christ, but only grace can make us like Christ. Say it again. Law can bring us to Christ. It can bring us to Christ but only grace can make us like Christ. The old covenant was bondage, and the new covenant was freedom. When your ministry involves the glory of God, you cannot quit. Fight for what's right, ladies. Fight in every circle of influence that you walk into. Fight for what's right. If it's your church, fight for your church. Fight for the truth of who Jesus Christ is. Just as the feelings came over with the president of Jim last Sunday, we must fight for our church, not because it's our church, because it's Christ's church. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I give you thanks and praise for this morning. I thank you for each of these ladies in their room, their circle of influence, Lord, their love for you, the grace that they show one another. Lord, we pray that we continue to can be a light in the circles of influence. Lord, we pray that we'd be a people of grace. And Lord, that we would fight because you have given us the power. We pray, Lord, that we can lean into you in a way that you continually transform our hearts and our minds. That when people meet us, they don't see us, but they see you. This is convicting, Lord. This is not easy. This is not easy. But yet, you promise that you are the same today and yesterday and tomorrow. May we lean into that with confidence. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for loving us. Be with those that come in weary this morning. Make their burden lighter as they focus in on you and their small group discussions. Help us to see where we need to maybe spend extra time with someone that needs that extra hug, smile, reassurance, and a reminder of who she is, a child of God's. Redeemed by the grace of Jesus Christ, as He sings in Your Son's name. Amen.